Today's episode of RBC Disruptors was recorded in front of a live audience. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to RBC Disruptors. I'm John Stackhouse, and it's my pleasure to host our monthly conversation about innovation, disruption, and how technology is changing everything around us. And this month, we've got a really special Disruptors focused on pride. And you couldn't find a better guest than Dax Da Silva, who's joining us here today to talk about his amazing company, Lightspeed, we'll get into that, but also about the voice that he is spreading across the country and around the world uh, for diversity and innovation, but particularly on behalf of the LGBTQ community. So lots that we'll get into. Dax, thanks yeah, so much thank for coming you, to uh, RBC RB this morning. Lightspeed, if you're not familiar with it, is one of Canada's great tech startups. Started uh, about 15 years ago, now has 600 or so employees, uh, yeah. eight offices around the world. Market valuation based on your last fundraising of close to a billion dollars, 50,000 customers. We'll get into sure. some, some of yeah. the uh, software issues that you're grappling with as you try to build, build it out from Montreal. But Dax, maybe we can start with, uh, with your own background. You've had an, an incredible life journey. Take us back to maybe a time as a kid when you got into technology. I think you started coding when you were 13. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> take us back then and uh, tell us what got you uh, hooked, uh, on, uh, hooked yeah, on tech. I, I was a, you know uh, artistic, academic child. My, my parents immigrated from Africa uh, as, as refugees, and my dad uh, took up welding. Uh, you know, he was a journalist, a communications person back in Africa. Took up welding in a you know manufacturing company, but then he um, they discovered his talents, and so he's, he he went into corporate communications at this manufacturing company, and then he used to bring home the original Mac to do design to do design work at, at home, and that's when I discovered the Mac. And for me, it was just this magical you know, piece of technology that really blended the liberal arts with design and technology in a way that uh, I'd never seen before. And, and by, by the time I was 13, I was actually apprenticing at an Apple developer. Mm. And uh, all through my teens and 20s, was building software for the different Apple dealerships or the forestry companies or all sorts of different businesses. So I did a year of computer science after high school and I thought, this is just a logical thing, you know. I've been doing doing technology, and so computer science is the next ne the, the next step. But after a year of, of doing math and st statistics and calculus and engineering, I'm like, I'm not an engineer. I, I enjoyed um, software because of creating design that was human human interaction focused and bringing it to life through programming. I, I, I left university for a year, University of British Columbia, came back to do art history and religious studies. Mm. And that was really for, for myself. You, you, you discovered this amazing intersection of creativity and technology right. that is at the root of so much of what you're doing mm -hmm. in, in your company, but also in your, uh, in, your, in your work in diversity. Maybe share a bit more of your thinking on, how, on, on that intersection about how creativity, and you've also mentioned spirituality, sort of collides but harnesses. Technology. I don't. I don't think I would have been particularly inspired by a DOS prompt. You know. I, you know. I was. Uh, I was somebody that was in, got inspired by the Mac. I got inspired by by, by Steve Jobs. By, by his design. You know, or, yeah. Or his you power. know. And and, uh, and and that kind of creativity. And so I, I think that. Uh, you know, the origins of Lightspeed, the, who was involved, the kind of creative types, you know, the kind of solutions we were able to come up with. Technology is a part of it. 
but I think human creativity, the diversity of human creativity, the different perspectives, all of that you know, results in very innovative solutions. And I think that's, for a company, you know, we just thir- turned 13 this, uh, this year, so our bar mitzvah year, we're, uh, we're, an ad- <laughs> we're an, a young uh, adult, terrible teen. You know, it's, uh, we're in the seven, sixth or seventh reinvention of the company. You know, we do retail and restaurant in an environment where consumer behavior has changed radically in the last you know, 10 to 15 years. You know, it's completely different. And so we've had to reinvent. And you can't reinvent without looking at, at a market or looking at your own business through multiple lenses and, uh, and through the lenses of your, of your very diverse customer base. And so I think that's, uh, that's extremely important in terms of being able to stay relevant and, and uh, you have to tap into that. So I want you to take us through uh, Lightspeed's journey and, and also your insights on the art of reinvention. But let's go back a bit uh, to, to some foundations, particularly with uh, your own coming out story. Uh, yeah. Because that's uh, important to the pride conversation, but also to Lightspeed's origins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I came, out, I came out early at 14. Early on in my life, I don't think I had any sort of in- indication. I, you know, always had uh, crushes on girls, and you know, I, it just it, when I when I reached that age, I was like, you know, I, I sort of had a pretty clear understanding of this, and uh, I was lucky in Vancouver um, to uh, have a youth group, uh, the the Gay and Lesbian Center in Vancouver, where um, you know, it wasn't until 16 or 17 that there was people my age that were also there. Um, and I did come out to some degree at uh, the all-boys Irish Catholic football high school that I went to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think the, the response in grade 9 was fairly mixed. <laughs> but uh, by grade 11, I think, you know, people, I, I, so I kind of quieted down about it. But then, uh, but, uh, but I had this youth, youth center that was, you know, a real anchor for me. And uh, I was well liked at school. So by the time it was great, you know, by the time grade 11 came around, people just accepted it. And I also had this other part of my life that uh, that was important, this youth center. And you know, to some degree, when I started Never Apart, I was like, you know, things like this really benefited me, and, and, and versions of it benefited people I know. A lot of the people I came out to in grade nine ended up coming out themselves. And I think from for Lightspeed, you know, having that. Baseline of openness, uh, tolerance, you know, tolerance, acceptance, inclusivity, diversity—all of those things. The original team members were all LGBT, not on purpose. Yeah. It just happened that way. So, you know? t- tell us about the origins. Yeah, you, you know, you're in Vancouver. You end up in Montreal. What 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 prompted you to, or what inspired you to start uh, Lightspeed? Lightspeed. So I built, you know, in in uh, in Vancouver and in my early days in in uh, in, in Montreal, I'd done all these software projects. Not only for retail retailers, but uh, a lot of them were. At, at some point, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting the same kinds of requests because I've, I've built systems of a certain nature. And so when, when one store, one, one chain of stores that I'd worked, worked for and was building, you know, a retail management software, when it closed, I was like, okay, I, I've known from a young age that I wanted to have my own software company. It's always, it had always been an understanding that I would do this at some point. And I was like, hey, it's now or never. And, wh- and why software, not hardware, given your, your love of the Mac? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I built software. You know? And so for the first two years of Lightspeed, I 
basically programmed till four in the morning for a couple straight years to build uh, to build a platform. And I did the business part during the day, and uh, I just found basically anybody that needed a job uh, out of my circle. And we just, you know, like any startup, just rose to the occasion of like putting on whatever hats were necessary to get this company off the ground. Um, you know, later we got more selective and went to Craigslist. <laughs> 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 but um, you know, it's 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 amazing what you can do with uh, when, when people just believe in 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 the our ability to do something. You know, and I didn't have a master plan or, or a grand. <laughs> a grand plan for the company, you know, and I think it was very driven by faith and very driven from, from a spiritual place. We were building something with that original team that was foundational for, for what we are today. And I think that the, the LGBTQ uh, contribution to that core, to that foundation, is, is dominant, is, is echoed and is intrinsic, I think, in what Lightspeed's about. And I think the people Maybe that you can explain a bit more about that. What, uh, what in the LGBTQ spirit yeah. informed the early growth of Lightspeed? The first seven years of, of Lightspeed, we bootstrapped the company. We didn't take a dollar of investment. So that first seven years was just building the company on sales. And so, of course, we brought in many people uh, that, were, that were not a part of the community. But I think as people came into the company, um, there was this understanding that uh, inclusivity, diversity, uh, every, everybody having a seat at the table, everybody's voice being valued, different perspectives, all of this was, was valued by default. And uh, anything else was, was not... Uh, was not a part of the a part of what we were, you know, and so I think that gave that gave everybody the freedom to uh, to, to grow in any in any way that they wanted, and I think it didn't just apply to the LGBTQ people or the women or the or the minorities. I think it gave liberty to to you know anybody in the company to be um, as much of themselves. And as much of you know all the parts of themselves as, as they wanted to be, and I think that um, you know even even the young straight men that that joined the company, I think uh, um, felt that they could be uh, who they were in all the ways that they were at Lightspeed, you know more so than than other places where they had worked, and all, everybody was very young, but uh, it had that special spark, and I and I and I find that to 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 this day when I when I um, you know, I'm very approachable and, and I speak to employees all the time at different events and I, I still see that in the people of Lightspeed that are brand new, you and know? As the company has grown, 600 employees, eight offices around the world, what are the challenges in maintaining that culture? Well, it's, it's certainly just impossible to have uh, a single culture across a company where you know, 200 of the employees are in Europe, you know, Amsterdam, uh, we've got 100, that's our second biggest office, 130 people, New York, London, you know, a Lightspeed New York and, and Lightspeed Amsterdam and Lightspeed London is never gonna have the same culture as Lightspeed uh, Montreal, you know? Uh, and that's, I think, you know, the way the company has been built and the, way, and the, and the, and the, the, the beginnings of it, I think allow us to have this large family that includes um, all of these different perspectives and different cultures. E even within an office, even within Lightspeed Amsterdam, you have engineering and, and, uh, and salespeople and support people and uh, back office people that have completely different viewpoints and subcultures. Mm. You know, and all of this blends together to create the whole. But uh, some good questions coming in uh, through, through Facebook. One is about the most challenging aspect of being a tech CEO. So I think that the, the most challenging aspect is 
what is, what is my role this year, you know, or, or in this stage of the company? Because you, you have to be a different person for, for the company's needs and for your employees' needs and for your customers' needs. You have to reinvent your, your, your role. So you have to keep reinventing yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and that can be, that can put you outside of your comfort zone. Um, that can force you to let go of things. Give us an example of how I'm, you've transitioned. So uh, when we started, there was many, many, uh, you know, companies that, that had started around the same time. And um, I observed other founder, founder slash developers not be able to scale their company because they couldn't let go of the coding. Of the, of the, you know, and that was like, I think, a really difficult thing for me to do. Now, now nobody will let me code at Lightspeed. <laughs> I'm trying to get rid of my code for, <laughs> for eight years. But yeah, you, you feel like, oh, I'm managing people? That's not work, you know? <laughs> now I know that's not true. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's, there's just this, this, this satisfaction with building, compiling, and giving it to a customer, getting feedback mm. that feels like real work. And so by 2010, I had to transition out of that. And that's just one of the bigger and tougher reinventions and letting go of it. And then design is something I've been very passionate about my entire life. And letting go of that to, to, to a marketing VP or marketing people, I'm like, ugh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what, what are things going to end up looking like, you know? It's just, uh, you have to, in order to scale, you have to think about what are the things that you let go. But then you have to celebrate the successes of, of the people that you give ownership to. But you've got to take full responsibility when things go completely to down the tube, you know. And you got to be in there and and support uh, bringing them back. And so, all of that reinvention, all of that distribution of ownership is 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 that part of that reinvention and, and scaling. Got another Facebook question here yeah. about uh, discrimination and whether you've faced any in the uh, in the tech world. It's possible, but. Uh, I have a tendency to be oblivious to some <laughs> to things, and uh, um, yeah. What about for your employees, though? How do you help them talk about discrimination within the workforce, uh, yeah. within your own workplace? Every organization is is wrestling with many. Of course, and and, you know, and, I, and I think that you know, there's there's conversations I can identify every week with employees where uh, I think employees at Lightspeed, and I've had certain conversations. They, uh, a lot of them, you know believe it to be this, this, this place where equality and, uh, and, and, and all of these values are, are so highly valued that we never make a misstep and it's just not true. And so, when, so people are disappointed sometimes um, with the way things are handled or, the, or an interaction. We're all learning, mm -hmm. you know? Um, people are at different points in their learning. And, uh, you know, we as, as, as leaders in the company, you know, company culture comes from the top. You know, the company's built out of culture just as much as code. That's uh, always been our credo. Um, and so I can try to be a great role model and try to be and have that, you know, cascade down through every, through every person and have that come from, from, from the bottom. But it doesn't mean that we, that we make mistakes and that there are, um, uh, there are you know, there are missteps in, in how we treat one another. Uh, and so that's really, that can be disappointing to see. But those are, those are teachable moments, right? Uh, so... You mentioned earlier about the, the pivots, six or seven that you've made as, a, yeah. as, a, as an organization. Curious how the culture of diversity and inclusion helps you through those, uh, through those decisions and transitions as an organization. Yeah. You know, we were just talking about this in, in uh, 
the other day in terms of uh, data science and you know and how we're going to apply AI to the things that we're doing to benefit small business retailers and restaurateurs to bring this kind of technology that's the whole the whole mission of Lightspeed has been to take technology only available to the big box guys and uh, and bring it to you know independents to give them a shot against Amazon and against you know and against chains and so we're talking about a data science and AI and uh, what was interesting uh, from our new VP of Dev was we we don't want data science scientists only from from one school of thought you know we want a diversity of schools of thought because if we only do what we only build certain predictive models it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of only coming to certain sets of solutions. To, to set up, out, you know, as, as great as the AI community is in Montreal, we, we have to um, have other, other you know, kinds of people, other viewpoints working on that data science, whether it's in, in foreign offices or within our own offices, but, but, but different, different angles, you know? And, how, and that, that's another reinvention coming for us, right, is uh, how, do we, how, do we, how do we bring ML and machine learning to, to, to what we're doing and democratize that for independent retailers and restaurateurs? Tell us a bit about Never Apart. It's an amazing creation that not enough people around Canada know about. Mm-hmm. So at the 10-year mark of Lightspeed, I felt that, uh, well, I was completely burnt out. <laughs> you know, you know start, the startup pace is, is intense. But we had this amazing moment where we moved from this, the building uh, that we had in Milax, which is, you know, the very hipster area of Montreal. It's where the, all the artists are. I had this choice of what to make, uh, what to do with this old, this old building that I owned. And I was like, okay. I've always dreamed about combining, you know, everything I love about culture, everything I love about Montreal, everything I, lo- you know, love about what artists bring to the table. That, you know, all the vibrancy that brings to to this city in terms of innovation. I have uh, the desire to have a spiritual intention for for a project like this to bring people together in a way that's that's new, that's fresh. So Never Apart was born. It's a. Why did you call it Never Apart? So Never Apart is the the core of Never Apart is unseparation. You know, we have all these divisions, all these separations that we've created. So all of these different segmented things are, I think, where, where we get the, the source of all the problems in the world, you know? Um, all these divisions, and I think, sadly, that's, you see more and more of it every day, you know, in, in our news feeds. And so what is the antidote to that? You know, the antidote to that is, uh, well, at least the Never Apart approach, is how do we use culture? the mediums of culture, uh, art, film, music, all of these things to um, break down those separations, help people understand one another, create empathy with one another through, through mediums of culture that are the, thing, the last things that people still trust. And I've learned so much from the three years. And I actually thought, okay, well, there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this and Lightspeed. It's such a big topic and a, and a, and a big project, but actually it re-energized me for, for Lightspeed. It's clearly your passion and, and your purpose. And, and I think that there's no separation, personally, between these, these projects. Obviously, one, you know, one is a business that, that caters towards entrepreneurs. Um, you know, one is a platform for artists. But when I look at it and I step back and I'm like, what, are, what is the purpose of these two organizations? Well, it's to build up leaders. Those entrepreneurs, those independents that we're supporting with Lightspeed, they're creating change in their neighborhoods. They're, they're tying together communities. They're being the anti-Amazon, you know? And those artists that, uh, that, 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 that bring expression and talk about uh, their culture and help us understand, you know, those are voices, and they don't think of themselves as leaders, but they are. 
another question here from Facebook about unconscious bias and how you've, uh, have, have you ever had to con confront unconscious bias uh, in your own organization in Lightspeed and how did you, uh, how did you go about that? You, you always want to be at the end point of the environment, the work environment that you want. You want everybody to be on the same page. But I think you have to be unrelenting in your pursuit of it, uh, but you also have to be patient. You have to, be, you have to meet people on their own terms and understand where people are and, and help them uh, on the path. You know? I think it's, uh, you know, if there's biases, you have to help people and learn yourself. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it's, it's, it's a process, right? It's not, uh, it's not an end state. So when I see people that are di disappointed with places where we failed or, or where we failed to live up to what we all up, up, you know, hold so valuable and uphold, I, I think that we all have to understand that uh, it's a process. The whole tech world and the tech community has uh, been agonizing about these questions uh, mm -hmm. very publicly over the last while, uh, and uh, especially with conscious and unconscious bias. What do you think the tech community needs to come to grips with when it comes to discrimination, when it comes to non-inclusion? Uh, what, do, what do you and other tech leaders talk about uh, where, in, in terms of where you would like the tech world to go in the next few years? Right. If, if, you, take, if you take the lesson of, of how we started the company, right, it just happened to start with a, with a, a number of LGBTQ employees because that's the community I belong to. But uh, many other people start companies with their very close circle of friends. And, uh, and, they, and people hire people like them, mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and so that's where you can, if you're not conscious of it, and you don't actively put effort into, into building, you know, building up your, your team with diversity and inclusion in mind, then you're gonna end up with a monoculture. We had a tough lesson early on at Never, at Never Apart. Um, also a team that was primarily you know, LGBTQ, and we had a lot of female artists on the music side and we thought we were doing great about that, but because we hadn't enlarged our circle enough and hadn't put the effort on the art side, there wasn't as many women artists, and we got called out on it, and we actually felt really hurt because mm. you know, we're trying to be, this is what the, the center's about, so whenever, but we had to really step back, and we were like, okay, we aren't opening our, we're not widening our circle enough to be meeting these, these, these women artists, and, and you, you, have to, you have to own up to, to mistakes that you make, and you have to widen your circle. You cannot keep it your comfort zone of your own you know, uh, people that are like you. Right. We've got only a few minutes left. Yeah. Maybe you can share some thoughts on what's next for, for Lightspeed. So Lightspeed, I think, has some exciting milestones ahead. You know, we're, you know, we're, we're looking to be IPO ready next year. It depends on market conditions. But I, I think that, that when, when I talk to our customers, the independent businesses that we're, that we're working with, you know, it used to be one to five or one to 10 stores. We're seeing them scale into like 150 store situations using the, using the cloud. So I feel like the independents of today are the chains of tomorrow and, uh, and the real innovative businesses that are relevant. And I don't want to see cities that are just McDonald's and Starbucks and just like the same things repeated on every block. We want the independent spirit. And so that's our mission, right? to, to keep cities vibrant with that independent um, flavor. And so I think we have a lot to do to make sure that, uh, that those, that those uh, companies are powered by great tech. Making sure that we have a great footprint here in North America and Europe where, where we are present, but also, you know, Global, global uh, aspirations are definitely uh, a, a part of the story. Maybe I can take you back to Pride for a final question about what we should all be thinking about as we uh, go about our business today, but uh, every day this year. What, uh, what are we not paying enough attention to? We should, we should really, and I think it's the theme of this talk, 
we're all looking for sources of innovation. And I think that it's upon, I think it's upon us to reflect on, on how diversity and inclusivity, how that is such a core part of how innovation happens in general. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's it, often these words are, are associated with, with the LGBT community or with ethnic communities, but it's, uh, it's creativity. All of what's amazing about humanity, and there's certainly tons that isn't, but all of, all of the best of us is when we are involved in something that's creating good. You, know? you talked about uh, diversity of leadership, diversity of environment, diversity of spirituality, diversity of people. Yeah. It's a great, uh, great message. Dax, thank you for, uh, for spending some time here with us today. Sure. Thank you for your leadership, and congratulations on your success at Lightspeed. Can't wait to follow and see what you uh, do next. Thank you. Great. Thanks for downloading RBC Disruptors. Our show this week was produced and edited by Peter Henderson. You can reach us at rbcdisruptors at rbc.com and join the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag RBC Disruptors. I'm John Stackhouse. Thanks so much for listening. <music>